Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome to Decode Your Burnout. I'm Dr. Sharon Grossman and joining me today is Rebecca Moore. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. And I'm super excited. Thank you for inviting to, me. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to have you uh, really share with us, the listeners and myself, a little bit about you know who you are today. But also, what I what we're here to do is listen to your burnout story and really decode it and see if you are listening to this and Rebecca's story really resonates with you. Um, she's going to share the story and then she's going to tell us what actually helped her recover. So stay tuned for the recovery strategies as well. But let's uh, let's get you started. So tell us a little bit about kind of what, what happened. Yeah, so... I, I had uh, started a convoluted career in art history, and um, uh, after college, I worked for a museum and realized that it was going to be really hard to make a living doing curatorial work without a PhD, and I wasn't interested in that. So I decided to go back to business school and debunk um, the idea of uh, mysterious business and figure out what it's all about. Um, And when I was at business school, I took an entrepreneurship class and got really excited about the creative part of um, business, and that is coming up with the seed of an idea and turning it into you know, a a real legit business. And um, I ended up getting hired by a uh, a startup and worked for that startup, writing business plans for other interesting businesses. And then I decided to go off on my own and and, uh, work on consulting. And it was in the late 90s when the internet was just kind of really getting going that I came up with an idea for helping museums to become more entrepreneurial themselves. Um, and I came up with this idea to create a, an online collaborative commerce website where uh, it was a platform for many different museums to sell their products online. Um, and I called it museumshop.com and no one else was doing it at the time. This was like way before Google, way before the iPhone, etc. cetera. And um, so I had this just incredible urge to, to just try this business out. And um, I was terrified, but I just kept going at it, created a uh, prototype, 
got some museums to uh, pilot it with me, um, ended up raising some money from friends and family, and then an angel investor while I was seven months pregnant with my first child. <laughs> um, we grew the business in, in the basement of our, of our home. And so I'd have employees coming, you know, to the basement to report to work. And then I'd like run upstairs to uh, nurse my baby. And um, then we ended up getting a strategic partner who wanted to invest in us, uh, which enabled us to move to offices. And um, then we ended up raising venture capital. And that was like a real, that was like a real, um, important point because at that point the business was no longer mine it was really you know all these investors that were calling the shots and i felt really really pressured to perform and um and bring the company to the next level and at that point i was really it was so exciting it was just i was traveling around the world i was we were signing on museums we were developing new processes. It was super, super exciting. I was running on adrenaline and trying to manage a, a growing family. <laughs> so um, long story short, we ended up, uh, we were about to be acquired um, by, that was part of our exit strategy to grow faster. And 9-11 happened. So this was uh, 2001. And um our deal fell through, and after 9/11, the uh, anything that was uh, .com related became toxic. <laughs> so nobody, it was really impossible to raise that next tranche of funding to get us to the next level. We were doing really well. We were super close to profitability, and um, yeah, so we had to wind down the company. And at that point, I was pregnant with my second daughter, and. Um, so while, uh, while I was recuperating from that, we were winding down the company and it was just, so the burnout story was just one of like intense years of, you know, um, just working, just working nonstop. And it wasn't really good for my family. It wasn't good for me health-wise. And um, while it was exciting and it was a dream come true and I reached, you know, incredible, I, I never dreamed that we could have gone so far and raised that level of, we raised around 10 million. Um, we had 70 museums, we had 4,000 products. So we we're getting a lot of traction. It was super duper exciting. But what I, as I look back on it, um, I was not taking care of myself at all. And this was, this was, Granted, this was a while ago. So now there's a lot, we know a lot more about what, <laughs> what one can do um, to manage your growth and your pace. But uh, there are a lot of kind of dangerous uh, beliefs that I had at that point, just work harder, you know, hard work is, equals success. Adrenaline is fine, you know, <laughs> Um you know, you can just, uh, you know, overnight success is, is possible. You're seeing a lot of examples. Okay. So you, you're talking about some of these beliefs, which you call dangerous. And I love that because when I talk to people about decoding your burnout, I say that there are three contributing factors. The first of which is your programming. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm really interested in the belief structure that leads us to doing things a certain way. So you mentioned beliefs like hard work equals success. Where did that come from? Oh, totally from my family, my upbringing. Absolutely. So it's, you, yeah. it's something that your parents valued or the, the model? Very strong work ethic. Yeah. Okay. And were they- But also I was truly excited about, I was truly excited about this company and the potential. It was really exciting. I'm sure. Um, sounds exciting. So. <laughs> it sounds really exciting. So it was almost like mom and dad were right. You work really hard and success is possible. Well, but it's not sustainable. And well, they so didn't I tell you that what, part. <laughs> yeah. So I think part of, um, you know, like any first time entrepreneur, I made a lot of mistakes and, um, and it, I think perhaps if I had, um, if I had been uh, able at that point to do some of the things that I, that I do now and that I advise my clients to do um, that I would have, um, I would have had prioritized self-care more. Hmm. So let me ask you something else. We know that your belief that hard work equals success comes from that strong work ethic that you saw from your parents. What was their philosophy around self-care? Was there like no, no time for that because they were so focused on working hard or, or what was the belief at home around this? Ah, that's a good question. Yeah. It, I think, um, I think probably the belief it was, it, it was, uh, implied, but not said outright, you know, is that it was, um, uh, not frivolous, but it was self-indulgent. And I bet a lot of people have that very similar belief, right? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a client earlier today and we weren't talking about self-care in particular, but we were talking about just the concept of self-compassion this idea that oh, yeah. instead of beating yourself up and telling yourself like you're such an idiot for everything that you do, that you actually have your back. And she said, even self-compassion was self-indulgent. So it's really fascinating. Oh, right? wow. <laughs> yeah. It's really fascinating. Well, I, the other part too, it, you say self-care and that's, that's also a little bit of a misnomer too, because one of the things I teach my clients who are female founders is that um, it, you, you've heard that it's like almost a nauseating term. It takes a village, but really you cannot do everything yourself. You absolutely, especially if you have a family, you know, you, you're going to have to lean on a lot of other people. It is not a, you, you, you cannot, it's not all you. <laughs> yeah, I think. And, it, and when they say you thinking. do you, it's like, yeah, no, you got to do, you know, yes. founder well-being is all about, you know, it's about blocking out time. It's about understanding yourself really well that, you know what, you've got to block out time for exercise and good nourishment and nutrition if you want to be top of your game. You're not going to be top of your game if you're working 24 seven. 
we're working hundred hour days. You just can't. And, you know, of course there are the outliers. There's some people that can do that, that can, you know, operate on no sleep, but most people you're going to get your, you're going to make yourself sick, like physically sick. <laughs> so um, yeah. So, and that's, I think a big thing that the, the, um, you know, this, the COVID that this whole past few years has really brought to the foreground. It's like it put this huge spotlight on, you know, who's taking care of the caretakers, right? Uh, um, why do we expect our leaders to be superheroes? You know, it's like, no, this is not, <laughs> that's why women are leaving the workforce. It's like, you know, you, you, you're undervalued, <laughs> underpaid and overworked. Right. Exactly. Um, so when so. you, when you said, you know, you experienced burnout and it wasn't good for you or your family, um, what happened? What did you see? Well, I, I was able to bring on help for, um, helping to take care of my daughter. And, um, so she was, yeah, so that worked out well, but my husband and I didn't have enough time together, you know, and I wasn't, I, prob I probably wasn't um, exercising or just doing a lot of the things that I do now as part of my day. You just how kind did of put you everything know, on hold. For sure. Hold. How, how did you know that you were burning out? What were the signs for you? Well, I didn't really know I was burning out until the whole thing was done and I was just wiped. Mm. And, um, some years later, I actually, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. You know, how can you actually draw a particular line to it? Don't know, but I think chronic, um, anxiety and, you know, adrenaline and anxiety does wear down, you know, there's evidence to suggest that that does wear down your body. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I appreciate you sharing that because, um, I think it's a lot more common than we realize. I mean, literally just a couple of days ago, I was talking to someone else and they said the same thing. They also developed breast cancer as part of their burnout. It's hard. You know, you can't, there's not like a direct correlation because one in five women gets breast cancer. So we don't know that, but, uh, but I think it makes it, it certainly burnout that I think there's definite evidence that burnout, um, impacts your immune system. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So we touched a little bit on the programming end of things, and then there's the environmental stressors that come into play. So here you are trying to run this huge company traveling all over the world, pregnant, and then breastfeeding. And so all of that comes into play. Your health is deteriorating. So these are all environmental factors that contribute to the, to the burnout. And then the last thing that I really like to examine is personality. And the way that I think about burnout personalities and um, what I'm hearing maybe is that you're, you're one of those people who's like an action taker. You're a doer. So you are more likely to push yourself really hard, work lots and lots of hours um, and do whatever it takes, even if it means sacrificing sleep. Would you agree with that assessment? 
Um, yeah, in the past. In the past. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. During that time period, definitely. I was also a lot younger. So I had tons of energy, you know? So, you know, I think now the signs, well, plus it was just like very risky. It was a, I was taking a big risk. You know, I was basically, you know, when you take on investors, you are, you know, other people are entrusting their investment in you. <laughs> so I took it very seriously. I'm very, you know, I, I did, I took it very seriously. I wanted to make sure that, um, that I was doing absolutely everything I could to, um, you know, to make this a success. So one tip that you've shared so far, <laughs> based on your experience is that it's important to block off time to engage in well-being related activities, doing exercise and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, obviously time for your family, you mentioned you didn't have enough time with your husband. So having time for him, having at least someone else to look after your kids, if you don't have the time yourself. So hiring out for that, that was perhaps another strategy that you used. Any other tips for people who are listening in that maybe finding that your story really resonates with them. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Where do I start? Um, some are easier than others, but basically when I work with my clients, I mean, the, the main thing is that awareness, being aware of what it is that you're doing is kind of the, the, the first step. Um, so there are things that you can do to identify where you're leaking energy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, or you maybe in your business, you're leaking money, you're spending too much, which is stressing you out. Or um, so basically to really one, I think the first tip is just to really take a good hard look at what is draining you specifically. Is it other people? Is it things that you're doing? Is it places? And really systematically try to eliminate the things that are um, draining your energy. Um, also another tip is really sitting down and figuring out, and, and this is hard when you're, when you are, when you have so many deadlines and milestones that you're trying to achieve, but try to determine how would you like to be like, how, like for me, I don't want to be stressed. I don't want to be known as a person who's like stressed out and busy all the time. I want to be, I want to be relaxed and um, fully attentive and enjoying what I do. <laughs> yeah. That's a really and then question. the things like um, the other part is like, what, what aspect of um, what aspect of your business really excites you? And I like to use the term blows your hair back. Um, and this goes to um, kind of the, you may have read the, um, the big leap by Gay Hendricks and the, discussion of your zone zone of genius. And I think that this is where um, you look at these four different areas. What are you, um, what are you not good at at all in your business and in your life? Delegate, <laughs> delegate the heck out of that. Okay. <laughs> Don't even spend any time on it. What are you good at, but someone else could do just as well as you with less credentials or just, you know, someone would be happy to do that if you pay them or even volunteer, delegate that. 
Um, and then there's the zone of excellence. So what are the things that you're really good at and people are used to having you do, but that don't really excite you? And that's your comfort zone. So uh, is there any way that you could start minimizing those things and finding people on your team to take on those things so that you can be as much of your day in the area that actually gives you a lot of energy and excites you. So for me, it's like creativity, ideation, you know, for, for another client, it could be, oh, I just like, you know, I like working on the numbers. I like being behind the scene. And to the extent you can figure that out, you're going to actually start to manage your energy and, and um, reduce burnout. <laughs> These are all amazing so. tips. So it sounds like they're uh, like the first, the initial tips of like uh, finding time for the things that are important in your personal life outside of work is something that can be used for anybody. And the last three tips or strategies that you shared are really helpful if you are a business owner. So you kind of have mm-hmm. a mix of things. Listen, I think this is f- fantastic. Uh, I so appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your tips and tell us a little bit, you've, you've kind of alluded a couple of times to some of the work that you've, you do now with your clients, but tell us a little bit about where you are these days in terms of your yeah. work so we can yeah, you know, so follow I've, you. Yeah. So I've basically kind of come full circle and my, I live and breathe at the intersection of creativity, entrepreneurship, and what I call purposeful aging. So um, I work with women who have had a career, Um, they're healthy achievers and change makers, and they're professionals who want to become an entrepreneur. They have unfinished business or they feel incomplete and they really want to use some of their expertise and and monetize it uh, to to feel more fulfilled. So I work with them to kind of extract that seed of genius and and, um, really run with it. <laughs> Fantastic. So if somebody's listening to this and they really resonate with your message and they want to work with you, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. So I'm on all the major socials, the social media um, platforms. It's uh, my handle is at in a nutshell CEO. And I call, I call my company in a nutshell because of this whole idea that we each have a seed of genius in ourselves and um if you put it in the right environment, you can really uh, take off beautifully. Um, and same, uh, my website is in a nutshell, CEO.com. And I'm on LinkedIn under Rebecca Reynolds Moore. Fantastic. So we'll have all of those links in the show notes. Rebecca, it's been Ooh. such fun listening <laughs> to you talk and sharing all of your tips. And thanks again for same sharing here. your story. Oh, you're so welcome. It's great talking to you.